How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Garrett, it's over. It's over what? here. Oh, how about that cigar? There's the people right there. Hi, everybody. Sorry. Welcome to How About That Cigar Live, episode number 128. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and those of you listening to the audio podcast after the fact. Thank you so much for making How About That Cigar part of your audio podcast rotation. As always, we are live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And let's remind everybody about the beautiful new size in the leather rose. The boldest of the four bewitching Deadwood sisters is showing off a new side of her sultry personality with Drew Estate's launch of the Deadwood Leather Rose Petite Corona. The spiciest of the Deadwood ladies, Leather Rose features a rich Maduro wrapper around an aromatic and exotic blend of aged, dark, air-cured tobaccos that offers an enchanting, bold, and sweet profile with notes of cedar, oak, white pepper, and earth that will leave you longing for more. The 4x43 Deadwood Leather Rose Petite Corona will be presented in 24-count boxes with an MSRP of $6.95 per cigar. For more info, please visit drewestate.com so episode 128 our favorite night of the week monday nights we had a great special saturday show so if you guys missed the the awesome saturday show we had just a couple days ago go on our youtube channel and check that out after we're done tonight yeah um so garrett we had some we had some football again this weekend we did have some football. and your your team your team did a thing what did your team do <laughs> Uh, foolishly gave me hope. <laughs> they did. They gave you, they won. They won a game against what, uh, as far as I could tell in the previous two games is a very good Seattle team. Yeah. So Minnesota beat the Seahawks in Minnesota. It was a very entertaining game to watch. It was man. Um, and then later last night we're, we're at the cigar shop watching green Bay and San Francisco and pull out a nail biter. Oh my gosh. Last, last seconds, you know, or 38 seconds left to go. And the ball gets back in Aaron Rodgers' hands and he drives green Bay down the field to put Mason Crosby in field goal range with three seconds left. And boom it's goes Mason the dynamite. Crosby. What dude, what I mean, what does it feel like to have a kicker that you're like, oh, he's within 50 yards? He, you know, or I guess it was what it was a 51 yarder, yeah. Uh, the same way it feels to have uh, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back in your oh, sorry, too soon. No, you should, but you can't, you can't be mad though, because Kirk no, Cousins is really playing outstandingly well. Most underrated quarterback in the NFL. He's uh he's really surprised me. I expected him to have a, an okay first few games and he's been really really very good. No picks. No picks. So he's been playing solid. Uh hopefully you get Dalvin Cook back soon uh cuz he's, you know, out hurt but yep. didn't really need him. Alexander um, Madison stepped up and played so, well. So yeah. So it's uh, it was a good weekend of football all around. Guys, as always, while we are here live on the show, join us in the comments. We have a great special guest coming on in just a minute. Join us in the comments. Ask some questions along the way if you guys have questions of your own. And please let us know what you are smoking and drinking along with us. Join in the conversation. Participate with us. And let's bring on our special guest of the evening. And as always, you guys know that on How About That Cigar Live, special guests are brought to you by... Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. 
Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You will also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, if you would please mm-hmm. put your hands together for our special guest on episode 128 of How About That Cigar Live. Coming to us live from Miami Beach, Rafael Nodal. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, Dade. Hello. How are you? Thank you for having me here, Matt and Garrett. I appreciate it. And since, you know, I said I was not going to give any news today, but since you mentioned, <laughs> since you mentioned Corona Cigar, right? And you mentioned Florida Sun Grown. So here, here is the, the next Monte Cristo uh, uh, Florida Sun Grown Tobacco, right? So Ooh. I am testing that. I was testing it before the, t- the, the show. And this is what I'm uh, smoking right now. In addition to a second cigar that I'm also smoking. So thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, the honor is ours. Yeah, we are honored to have you on the show, my friend. It's uh, it, it's it's been uh, it's been a great 2021 so far. You know, mm-hmm. 2020 was a little weird for everybody. 2021, though, has really been shaping up into into a great bounce back year for everybody. Uh, we were grateful at, as we could possibly be to to speak to you briefly at the TPE trade show back in uh, in May of this year, and uh, just talk to us a little bit uh, before we get into the questions. Just tell us a little bit about how 2021 has gone for you guys so far. Well, yes, you you you're right. We last time we saw each other was at uh, in Vegas at the TPE uh, this year. It was around May, I believe. Yeah. Um, and it was one of the first time that we went out and we actually talked to people and we were able to hug people and talk and in like a regular normal uh, people. So it was uh, fantastic. Uh, at the time we were presenting some of our new cigars. So I appreciated the time that you ded- dedicated to us. Listen, 2020 was an special year. It was a difficult year <clears throat> for all of us globally. However, for the cigars, um, obviously, there was uh, an added demand because people uh, staying at home really wanted to to smoke more. And uh, just like in my case, I did smoke more, which is hard to believe, uh, especially <laughs> if you ask my wife. But I, I managed to, uh, to to smoke a little bit more. And uh, 2021, uh, listen, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's moving along. We're trying to get out of these difficulties. Um, but in the cigar, we having a fantastic year. And as you mentioned, many people are rebounding. In our case, we continue to grow, which is fantastic. Our cigar have been uh, received very well by, by the consumers or people like you uh, on the media. And uh, so we're very grateful for that. We don't want to forget the difficult times that many people have had and continue to have. And we are very grateful that... Uh, that at least uh, we're here 
with people like you that we can talk about cigar. And in these uh, few minutes of broadcast, we just want to forget about all the troubles and uh, and uh, be able to talk about a passion that we have, that we all share, which is cigar, which at the end of the day, listen, at the end of the day, uh, Gary and Matt, uh, cigars unite people, right? Cigars, yeah. uh, you know, we're not cigar, uh, cigar makers. We are creating moments and experiences for people. And if we um, are lucky enough to have someone try our cigars, uh, we feel uh, very honored that we were able to create something for someone to enjoy. Amen to that. That's awesome. Amen. Garrett, why don't you uh, tell everybody what you and I have fired up this evening? So tonight we have got some fantastic cigars. Uh, I am starting with the Aging Room Nicaragua. So this was the Cigar Aficionado Cigar of the Year in 2019. Yep. And I have fired up the Romeo and Julieta mm-hmm. Eternal. And this and and so this one I specifically grabbed this one out of the box because as Rafael can tell us this one has an extra little special gold band on it. That one out of uh, these yeah. are boxes of 11 cigars. The Romeo and Julieta Eternal uh, is our um, a very exclusive cigar that we partner with the Placencia family down in Esteli, Nicaragua. And um, we wanted to have something very special to celebrate the 145th anniversary of uh, Romeo and Julieta, which was in 2020. However, because everything was screwed up in 2020, we were not able to release it on 2021, but still, it's a very special cigar. So all of them in a box of 11 comes with a black label, and this particular one in every box has one with a gold label and that ring, right? So that's a regular one, and that's a gold one on the next with the ring. And that, and that with a special ring symbolizes the union, right? So when you get married, you, you put this uh, this ring and it symbolizes a union uh, uh, and, and the eternal uh, part of love, which at the end of the day, that's what uh, Romeo and Julieta uh, represent. So a very special project, a very special anniversary. You know, we create a lot of cigars, just like the agent room, uh, my own brand, Agent Room Cuatro Nicaragua, which, as you mentioned, was Cigar of the Year in 2019. And uh, But when you're creating something for Romeo and Julieta or Montecristo and some other brands, it, it's, it's very special. It's very scary, right? Because you, first of all, the, be, the, the first things you want to, you don't want to screw it up, right? So that's, that's yeah. a very difficult thing. You don't want to screw it up. It's a, I feel that we are stewards of the brand. We're just keeping the brand for the next generation, whoever is going to take it again. Uh, not many brands have been in the market for 145 years. So, mm-hmm. um, so hopefully you like it because I can tell you, we put a lot of great tobacco. These are special selected tobacco from the portfolio. Uh, of Placencia family, which is they have for their own cigar. But in addition to that, it was done with, like all of our cigars, done with a lot of passion and a lot of dedication. And at the end of the day, uh, you guys and the consumers are the judge, but we just uh, try very hard. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we don't, 
Uh, we don't live up to our expectation, but we <laughs> trust me that we try extremely hard to make the best special cigar possible that we can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. I was going to say, so my first, my very first trade show was the TPE trade show uh, this last May, which was a fantastic, uh, put a TPE, did a great job with uh, the cigar uh, part. And uh, for someone who had never been to a trade show, it was like being in, you know, a kid in a candy store. It was Absolutely. just, you know, walk in and the booths are, were beautiful. And then Matt turned to me and he said, look over there. And it was Nestor Placencia and Rafael Nodal talking to each other. <laughs> and let me just tell you, so you guys, there, you know, there's the term, you know, cigar celebrity and, and all of that. I will, I will say this, Raphael or Nestor or most of those other guys who we would consider celebrities wouldn't even their humility yeah. and their character rise far above that, um, that nomenclature of their, and it was just fantastic to be able to talk with these gentlemen. And so my first question to you, Raphael is obviously, and we just talked about this cigar that was, um, uh, done with, uh, the Placencia family. Uh, we've also had other collaborations with AG Fernandez and, and others. What do those collaborations mean for you? Well, I have to tell you, many people, and I saw a review a long time ago in one of the blogs, say, you know, collaborations do not work. And, uh, you know, it's because people have different, different ideas or different ways of, of doing cigar. For me, I'm a musician, right? So uh, for me, if you, if you listen to music, um, there's nothing more uh, exciting in my end. Uh, sometimes when you get collaboration for two uh, from two musicians, and uh, um, I feel I had it in my career, I had the amazing pleasure of working with people like Ernesto Perez Carrillo, uh, like AJ, like Placencia, like Hoshi Blanco, my mm -hmm. partner and friend. And all these people, first of all, I am in the cigar business because I love cigars. And these are iconic people that uh, have been making cigars for a long time. I love to learn from them. Uh, I have my different uh, perception of what I want. And what I found in all this collaboration is that we can bring the both, the best of both worlds. And uh, and these people are very, as, as you mentioned, very uh you know human you know we we see them as cigar people oh my god this and this and that but they 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 really are regular people they're regular fathers they're regular sons and they are all people that love and have a passion for the cigar and so for me you know sitting and developing a blend with uh, these iconic people has been uh highlights of my career as a company as a company in uh uh, in my agent room, we don't have a factory, but as well in in uh, in Tabacalera USA, Altadis USA, makers of amazing brands like Monte Cristo, Romeo and Juliet, um, A. Shortman, Trinidad, Henry Clay. We don't have a factory in Nicaragua. We do have a factory in Dominican Republic, Alna Romana, uh, called Tabacalera Garcia, which we are. At. Uh, opening a new factory, which we'll talk a little bit about that later, and also another one in Honduras, 
Uh, the one in Dominican is celebrating 54 years. I mean, that's mm. a lot of years. And yeah. the one in, uh, in, in Honduras, Flor de Copani, celebrating 45 years. So amazing factor, but we don't have anyone in Nicaragua. And as you know, uh, the, the Nicaraguan tobacco is something that has been on the forefront of the cigar industry for many years now. Not having a factory there, we... Uh, team up with amazing families, like you mentioned, uh, Placencia and A.J. Fernandez. And what we have been able to find is people that are committed as we are to bring the best cigar. So working, I, I, I you know, I, I actually, I hope my boss is not, my bosses are not watching this because <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I, I don't even have to get paid to do these things. This is, uh, <laughs> this is an amazing uh, I mean, for me to be, you know, maybe I shouldn't say that. I should. Can we, can we start over? Can we go back? You know, uh, it is an amazing thing working with these amazing people that will, they will forget more about tobacco that I will ever learn. Uh, so just to be there and, and spending days and months with them, visiting tobaccos, uh, um, it is something that, that I really, really enjoy and appreciate. Yeah. So one thing that I would like to do just very briefly, uh, if we can sort of pause our conversation, um, is so we just lost um, a, a good friend of ours. Uh, his name, T Tim Sutkamp. And uh, he just passed uh, yesterday. Yesterday. And... Um, Far too soon, far too young for anybody to have to leave this earth. But um, he was uh, he was one of those people that so many people will remember. Mm -hmm. And for so many great reasons, he was an incredibly generous guy, um, great member of the cigar community, um, would would literally give you his last cigar mm -hmm. uh, if you were going through a hard time, uh, would sit and share a, a cigar and a drink and a conversation with you uh, and could could joke and and, uh, you know, pardon the term, but he could he could joke and talk shit with the best of them. And troll our and, comments. And troll our comments. Number one troll. Yeah, he would he would troll our comments on a regular basis on the show, uh, just you know, out of out of pure love. And uh, yeah. so, uh, this this next sip is uh, is for our brother Tim. So Tim, we love you, brother. We'll see you on the other side. Uh, God bless you and your family, and we'll mm -hmm. uh, we'll see you again soon. To Tim. So. So, yeah, he was uh, he was a good man. He was a great man. Um, so, Raphael, one of the things that we we always do when we lead into shows like this, we want to learn as much about you beforehand as we can, so that we, you know, just try to understand who it is we're who it is that we're you know getting to interview on the show. But but you you've really been, um, I, I'd say you would say you would echo the fact that you've been very fortunate in your cigar career and your cigar career has really been really an incredible story. I mean, so take us, give us, give us the kind of the, the, 
the version of the story that takes us all the way from sitting down with none other than Nick Perdomo smoking your very first cigar. And then over the years going through multiple with, with different companies having so many cigars landing on that top 25 list from Cigar Aficionado. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years ago, you know, the aging room Quattro Nicaragua landing on that coveted number one spot. And, and it's only continued to grow from there. What an incredible, and you're barely getting started. I mean, you have a lot of years left in this business. I and, really, really hope so that I have a lot of uh, years left. Listen, uh, first of all, my story in the cigar business, you know, that's why I love the, the industry uh, as much as I do. Because one is not only about the cigar, but Carlos Fuentes, my friend, always says that it's about the people. And, you know, the industry is about the people. And I completely agree. That's why I love the industry. And that's why I was attracted to the industry. But in addition, um, the cigar company, the cigar business, the cigar industry is, uh, is an American business, an American story. It's full of these amazing people. Like my story, that I came from Cuba in a boat in 1980 um, with 300 people. I arrived in Key West after few days uh, lost on the sea and uh, and from there uh, to be able today to work uh, not only have my own my own uh, brand agent room cigar but also to be able to work as uh, heading the product capability of Tabacalera USA one of the biggest cigar company in the world actually the biggest part of the biggest cigar company in the world right now and in addition be able to work with amazing people and having that opportunity for me is a is a dream come true so sometimes i have to pinch myself because the the journey hasn't been very easy for me nothing in my life come very easy every time everything that i been able to accomplish uh, requires a lot of uh, work and dedication and perseverance but that's what life is all about and and you know so i think when you look at people like uh, nick cordomo or i mentioned ernesto perez carrillo or aj fernandez de placencia de fuentes everybody lito gomez rocky patel everybody has a, 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 a dream. Everybody starts with a dream. So as I mentioned, I came from Cuba in, in a boat. Uh, then I went, I'm a musician. I play violin and piano for, uh, since I was six years old, I continued my musical career studies actually in New York City from 80 to 83. Then I came to Miami and it was very difficult, the, the situation in Miami. There was no classical music. I started my own opera group and it was very difficult at the time. I was 19 years old and I was able to get a job to to uh, support my musical career, uh, cleaning floors in the hospital. And then I, you know, one thing led to another. I become the the chief financial officer of a hospital, uh, and uh, and then went as executive director of a, a psychiatric hospital company where I met my my wife, which is a psychiatrist, my can partner. I, yes. Can I interrupt here? Absolutely. Because you went from mopping floors to chief financial officer. That, only that, in America, only in America, right? That's <laughs> yeah. more than one thing led to another type of situation, <laughs> Raphael. I, you're selling this story short, but for time, we'll we'll let it pass this time. But I just wanted to say, 
that is a beautiful thing right there. That is only, beautiful. Only in America. That shows yeah. you the power uh, of America. And by the way, the amount of people that believe in me and help me around mm-hmm. my my journey, right? Um, so, yeah. So, chief financial officer, then executive director of a national company, a psychiatric hospital, where I met my wife, Alina, um, who is a psychiatrist. But unbeknownst to me, her family have been on the cigar uh, um growing in tobacco business for five generations, growing tobacco first in Pinar del Rio, then moving to to, uh, to the United States. And um, uh, my partner, Hank Bischoff, at the time was an employee of my uh, psychologist and mental health therapist. And one day he said, listen, you Cuban, right? So you smoke cigar. You know, people think, right? You Cuban, you smoke cigar. <laughs> You dance salsa and you know how to rust a pig, right? So that's, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I I didn't know how to rust a pig or a smoke cigar. I did dance salsa. Uh, and uh, so I went in 1999 to a little place in uh, Little Havana. And I met this guy, um, Nick Perdomo, and his family, his brother-in-law, his wife, and I smoked my first cigar. I bought my first box of cigar. And that evening, I went to my house and I told my wife, I know what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And she said, what? You know, hospitals? They said, no, 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 no. I'm going to go into the cigar business. And obviously, being a psychiatrist, she said, well, he's, uh, he's crazy, uh, you know. But, you know, again, she's, you know, she's used to that. Um, and... Um, and, and that's what I did. I, I felt I first started with Hank. I started my internet site. And then I met these people, had a, a, a cigar brand called Oliveros, which I bought. And I started my own, uh, our own uh, factory and, um, and, and, and had our first known flavor cigar made by Nick Perdomo. And, uh, and then later on, uh, you know, things were not working out. Uh, I was trying to make cigars for everybody. You like this? I'll make this. I like this. You know, I was trying to be commercially viable, and I wasn't. I spent all my money. I uh, I all the savings I spent it all the money, and uh, and then I said, listen, if I'm gonna make cigars, I'm just gonna uh, do what I like. Right? Things were not working out anyway. So we started Aging Room back in 2011. Uh, these were blends that I have been making to our cigar store at, at retail uh, that we own in Miami Lakes. And basically we were trying different blends and, and selling them with numbers, right? And uh, I said, listen, these are not working out, so I'm going to start this. And I started our first, we launched our first aging room M356, which was in 2011. And immediately that year was top uh, 25 cigar aficionado. I think it was the number 14 or something like that. And uh, and then the Aging Room Quattro uh, F55, which ended up being the number two in 2013. And one thing led to another, and we continue. So uh, the lesson, what I learned is, listen, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Uh, and uh, I, I, I really uh, felt that I this is something that I love. I didn't know the business very well. You know, there's a lot more to make cigars than just doing a blend. There's a lot, a lot of different things, consistency, and there's a lot of different things that I learned. And but it's but definitely 
I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And then later on um, in 17, um, um, I fell in love with a cigar that Alta this made. It was Romeo by Romeo and Juliet. Red mm -hmm. and white it, back in 2012 was the number three cigar of the year by Cigar Aficionado. I fell in love with that year, uh, with that cigar. And I, you know, I approached Alta this and I said, listen, I would love to make a cigar for you at Romeo by Aging Room. I don't have to tell you that my partners and friends laugh at me. Are you crazy? You know, what are you talking about? Romeo by Aging Room, you think they're going to even talk to you? But I'm a dreamer, right? So I, I am a dreamer. I am a believer. And I approached them. And to my surprise, and everyone else that knew me, uh, surprise, they said, well, let's give it a try. And again, that was uh, one of the number uh, within the top 25 cigar aficionado that year. And then we said, well, why don't you join the company? We kept the, we continue on the aging room cigar, but in addition, I joined the company as making all the blends for the cigars, uh, which I don't have to tell you what, what, uh, what an uh, opportunity is. And then two years later, so two years ago, I also, I am the head of the consumer marketing for the company. So, uh, you know, continue to grow because of the opportunity. So my life, my journey has been one of, uh, uh, of really working hard, but uh, because a lot of people have given amazing, amazing opportunities. Yeah, and it it really is a great story. And and you're right. There's there are certain, you know, we we really sometimes take for granted in in America some of the great opportunities that we have here. Mm. And um, but you you always. Uh, you always approached it with positivity. You still do approach things with positivity. You can see that in, in just the way you talk and, and, and meeting you it's, uh, positivity is, is, uh, is a key role in, in what you do. Well, and, and let me tell you, it's not only me, but everybody in the cigar industry, if you've seen the, the difficulties of the family like Padron that mm -hmm. left Cuba and went to Nicaragua where there was nothing there and they continue, or the Placencia, they lost everything in Cuba, in Nicaragua, then they started Honduras, and then the illnesses came in 1980s, they lost everything and they continue, or or Ernesto Perez Carrillo or the Olivas. These, all the stories have one similarity, which is the passion, right? the family orientation and never giving up. So thanks to people like that, we have open doors today to make the cigars that we do. And it's something that I never want to lose track of because at the end of the day, you know, where can you have, listen, talking to people like you, talking to our viewers and our listeners about the thing that we love to do. It's, 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 and, and besides that, we get paid for it. This is like yeah. amazing thing, right? <laughs> this is a... Yeah, I should stop with that. Right? I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to mention that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things I want to know about, and we touched on this a little bit uh, ago, but I, I kind of want to dive into it a little further, is so when you have a certain product in mind, um, and then there's also different partnerships and collaborations that Garrett mentioned earlier, you know, whether it's AJ Fernandez or the Placencia family, what does that look like at the beginning? Do you do you go into it saying, I really want to work with the Placencia family to make a cigar? Or do you say, 
I've got this project and I know that the best factory to produce it where we can get just the right tobaccos is Placencia or, or how does that, what does that process look like when you first, when the idea first comes, you know, to your team and then how do you take that idea and branch it out to who's going to make it and how you're going to source it? And is there yeah. a bottle of rum at the beginning of this? And is there? Really, yeah. Always. There's always a bottle of rum, okay? There's always a bottle of rum. In this case, I'm having tequila, I must say. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's something new that I'm I'm exploring, uh, thanks to a good friend that got me into uh, tequilas and exploring new, new, um, new possibilities. But, you know... Um, so the, the, that's a good question, by the way, Matt and Gary. That's a, that's an special, a very good question. Which, by the way, I don't think I ever been asked that. Um, so, so yeah, we approach it different ways. But uh, you know, one thing is, I met AJ Fernandez many many years when he was actually studying. Right, I knew his father. His father had worked with Placencia for twenty years. Because throughout my journey, I also work with the Placencia family. And uh, so one thing that, you know, when I when I was having difficulties on the Oliveros brand, I wanted, I knew that I needed to learn about tobacco. This is one thing that I, I was missing. And I spent a lot of time with these people in Honduras and Nicaragua years that I went there and said, I need to learn about tobacco. What makes this tobacco? So I've been visiting some of these tobaccos for over 20 years, every year, several times, keeping very detailed notes of this tobacco and this tobacco. So whenever we have a project, for example, we have a project, uh, H. Oldman, 175th anniversary. Very, you know, very iconic, 175th. Can you, I mean, it's hard to comprehend. 117, a brand that is 75 anniversary, a brand that I started in 1844. So I have seen a tobacco that AG was working, one of these crazy ideas that he was working on, a, a, an amazing wrapper, medio tiempo, which is the top part of the plant. When you have the ligero, the viso, the seco, and the volado, we work only with the seco, viso, and, 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 uh, and uh, ligero. But on top of that plant, sometimes, sometimes, and not always, sometimes, you get a couple of leaves that are called medio tiempo. It happens every 10, 12 plants, and also not every year, depending on the rain and the, the situation of that year, um, uh, you get this plant. And he had been aging that and then fermented. And he did something amazing. He fermented that, uh, that leaf. Um, he didn't know what he wanted, but he wanted to try this and he did it in pilon. You know what pilons are? Pilons are where you put all the leaves together and uh, you start the fermentation process. It's based uh, on water. You add water and the weight of the tobacco, it start the breaking of the sugars and it start the fermentation process. The temperature goes high and that's how you fermented that. Well, what he did is he put a layer of broad leaf a layer of this fantastic wrapper, medio tiempo, another layer of broadleaf, another layer of um, of the medio tiempo, another layer of broadleaf. He only applied, he only applied uh, uh, humidity, uh, water to the to the broadleaf, and he that. So what it happened is that all of a sudden the 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 heat goes from up and down, and this wrapper that has not uh, being uh, humidified, uh, start breaking the sugars in a very small, very I'm sorry, very slow process, 
And that fermentation process took almost three years. So I have seen that every year that I went there, how things and that. When I have that 175 anniversary in mind, say, well, I know what we have that is very special. So I went to see AJ and I said, listen, I convinced him. It wasn't easy, but I convinced <laughs> him to not to use it on the AJ brand, AJ, uh, AJ Fernandez brand, but give it to us. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, I'm very convincing. Listen, I got my wife to marry me, so I am very convincing. <laughs> and uh, I got to, to, um, to uh, like I say, I'm a dreamer. I'm very optimistic. And I got AJ to use this wrapper for this special, very special project. And it was success. It was the number 10 cigar of that year that, that we also got the number one with cigar uh, uh, with the Agent Room Quattro. So, uh, so for every single project, otherwise, for example, we had, uh, we were doing a Romeo and Juliet 1875 Nicaragua. We did it with Placencia, but then I've seen a Connecticut that it was being grown. You know, we have Connecticut seed from the valley here in Connecticut, uh, but we also have Ecuador. But um, uh, Placencia have been uh, growing uh, certain varieties of Connecticut in Nicaragua. And I found one and we, we he decided to grow this for us and a variety specifically. So we did an, a, a, a Romeo and Julia 1875 um, Connecticut Nicaragua. Um, which uh, is a little bit different, different than the, the the Ecuadorian Connecticut, and it's a little bit closer, but with different uh, because of the soil and the and Esteli is Esteli is in a very special area because you have a lot of sun uh, during the day, but a nice very cool because of the valley and the uh, altitude, and so we we were able to get this so. Every project is different. We approach it very. We approach it very different. But what has been giving us the the edge, I will say, is that I have been very familiar with the tobaccos and the things they are doing for many years. So I've been able to know what tobacco to use, and that has been extremely helpful. And so every project, going to to finalize that, Matt. Every project is different, but the the knowing what they are working on and their dreams are has been a very important part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to uh, address kind of a maybe a controversial uh, subject. Um, first, let's just say some people say Altidus, some people say Alt Altadis. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter people get hung up on the silliest, smallest things, potato, potato. Am I, am I right? Yes, it is. And listen, I'm in Spanish, so I pronounce, you know, by the way, guys, this is my Ricky Ricardo intonation, uh, <laughs> that type of stuff. You know, it's funny because uh, when I was, uh, I was in college, I took a class, you know, with healthcare and management and all this. So I, I you know, they, they told me, you need to reduce your accent, right? It wasn't sexy at the time, and uh, so I went to uh, I went to an accent reduction class. But really, the, yeah, I know. Can you believe in college they have such wow. a thing? They have such a thing. But the teacher was Jamaican. <laughs> so after two months, I was talking with the Jamaican accent. I said, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I, you know, 
<laughs> so I, you reduced I, your Cuban I, accent, but you took yeah. on a Jamaican accent. Yeah, so I no, no, I want to have at least, listen, I'm going to have an accent. I'm going to have my Cuban accent. Yes, so, exactly. Uh, obviously, I didn't know that in the cigar business, the Cuban accent was going to be uh, the way to go. And uh, so I learned the English and I tried. I listen, I'm learning every day. But um, the, the in the case Altadis, it's the, in Spanish it's called Altadis, uh, which is a made of war. Uh, it was uh, a combination when the the Spanish uh, uh, tobacco company uh, Tabacalera uh, joined or merged with the French uh, uh, company uh, called Cita, C-I-T-A, and together they met, uh, they, they came out with Altadis. So in Spanish it's Altadis, uh, in English because of the accents Altadis, um, I, I still call it Altadis, um, uh, and, and that's, that's the way I pronounce it, but you know, we'll go for both ways. Yeah, uh, We're inclusive, we're inclusive. This yeah. Altadis, don't Altadis. Get, don't get hung up on that. Okay, so Altadis, for those who would say, you know, a, a large company that produces many brands, m- you know, millions of cigars, um, and they're, they're, they're basic cigars, they're um, maybe just uh, catalog brand cigars or internet only cigars, what would you say to them? Because, and, and before you, you chime in on that, I will say, that over the last five plus years, I've seen a huge change and um, a lot of attention given to the Altidus brands and a lot of great things happening. Well, I, you know, and I, I am glad that I am part, right? I am part of, of this movement of our company to move forward and to continue uh, the evolution of our brands. You know, so our company has amazing Cuban heritage brands like Monte Cristo, Romeo, Juliet, H. Schoeman, but the market has changed, the taste has changed like everything else, and the cigar has moved from a, a mild cigar to a more complex and, and, and more boutique type of cigars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and so that's why, you know, Javier Estades, which is our, our president, um, uh, gave me the opportunity that brought me because he understood that the market was shifting, the market was changing, and we needed to continue growing and evolve. And so uh, uh, I've been with the company now four years. We tried to expand, and what we did is, we try to take these fantastic brands with amazing portfolio brands to move it and to have to to really take the consumer in a journey, right? In a journey of flavors and aroma. So uh, the cigar is a very in, interesting uh, industry because you know you have the the anillos, you have the cigar rings and the artwork. Well, the same thing happened with the cigar. The, Tobacco plants has, like I mentioned, the Ligero, the Viso, the Seco. And then um, uh, 20 years ago, all the cigars had a, a type of uh, a blend that was more mild, had 10% of Ligero. You got some of the Viso. And, and actually, what it actually did is uh, 
it 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 looks like the plant, right? The the percentage that it did. But uh, later on, amazing people like Ernesto Perez Carrillo with a, a Gloria Series R and mm -hmm. some others start looking for new flavors and new alternatives. And as the cigar smokers and uh, start developing their palates, they start looking for new new uh, experiences. And uh, and that's what we've done. We're taking that. But, you know, when you have a company that makes so many cigars and people, it's very easy to pick on the big people, right? And the big guys. Oh, right. well, exactly. you know, all they care is about the millions of cigars and things like that. Right. But I can assure you that we, that a cigar is a handmade product. And we take tremendous amount of care to look at every leaf and every cigar is made like, you know, uh, the same way. And it's, it's you know, so we, we try to, we try to, really be truthful to this amazing um, history, uh, but also do some innovation on taste and approve. And uh, so that's what we're doing day in and day out. Uh, this is companies part of the Tabacalera uh, USA that I work with. Tabacalera is the number one uh, um, cigar company in the world. They started uh, in, in the 1600s. There's a lot of history on this. In the 1600s with the Cuban tobacco, it's been sold in Spain. And uh, so we have a heritage and we have a dedication and we have the history. And now we needed to be more uh, 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 innovating a little bit more. And that's what we have done. And uh, I am glad that I am part of this amazing group of people, whether it's at the factory or the growing tobacco that we buy from and, and, and expand on the, on the type of blends that we have. So before we had a lot of blends for certain group of people that were smoking all these amazing iconic brands, but we needed to expand. So more a boutique-ish, I'm glad that I am here because that's what, that's what I like. That's what I like to. So, um, uh, so we've been able to develop blends and uh, and flavors that are appealing to a very very vast uh, group of uh, consumer. Whether you're looking for the mile, whether you're looking for a little bit more complexity, whether you're looking for full body. Because at the end of the day, Garrett and Matt, at the end of the day, listen, we want to be the best cigar company, and, and and you know what? Everybody's trying to do the same thing. So this is a great moment to smoke cigar that's right been on the cigar business is the best moment to smoke cigar because everybody is trying to make the best cigar they can and offer the consumers alternatives and flavors and profile and 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 just very happy that to be part of that yeah and that's a great way to put it and i i think we are so fortunate to be uh, really involved in the cigar culture t today because there it is it's not easy to go into a cigar shop these days and find bad cigars right no he's there not. are so many great cigars on the market because there are, are i i think the that we're very fortunate that the the cigar business itself all the cigar companies, all the cigar factories, um, there are so many people like yourself who are in this business for the right reasons. And I think that's so 
important. And, and when you go back, you know, to sort of right after the first cigar boom, you know, the, the early 1990s cigar boom, you know, there was unfortunately a time in the mid to late 90s when quality control started to started to become a problem because there were so many companies trying to, you know, they saw this boom and, and there, uh, uh, there were a number of people who came into it just saying, hey, we can capitalize off this and we can make some money off of this. Uh, and unfortunately, quality fell. And then things have things have bounced back so incredibly well in the industry. And as a cigar lover, whether you live in the United States or, or even even in European and Asian markets now, the quality of cigars you can find is really incredible. And it's um, it, it's a testament to to you and to so many other people in this business who they actually wake up in the morning caring about putting good products in people's hands. Absolutely. And 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 you you got it right. It's very difficult to go to a cigar store and find a bad cigar. Now there's cigars that you may like that are are part of your palate or where you are at that moment in your developmental stage of uh, of flavors um, that you make like or may not like but there's some um important aspect of the technical components of the cigar which is the tobacco has been have to have age uh the construction has to be well has to uh, smoke well and well made well constructed and uh, the tobacco fermented age and those things i see it more and more and you're right during the boom that boom if you have to understand the industry was very stagnant at 100 million cigar, 100 million cigar, 100 million cigar every year. The cigar aficionado came in 1992 and it started going up, you know, 250, uh, 275, 300, 300. And it, it just went very, very, uh, very high. And um, and but we all learn. Uh, and, and one of the things that I can tell you during this boom, which is what is happening now, Everybody is very is very aware that we have to uh, uh, release a cigar when they're ready, and yeah. not to be not to be uh, uh, cannot be driven by the demand. It has to be driven by our capacity to have good tobacco, good construction, and do it. Listen, that's that's what happened in the when you get a number one cigar of the year, you go from here. To hear and, and and you're tempted. You're tempted because listen, it's a capital intensive uh, business, right? Uh, you spend all the money in tobacco, in boxes and anillos and all these things, and all of a sudden there's a big demand. So there is obviously we're all humans. We we all have to pay our bills, and there is a uh, we you know we, we we look at oh you want you know one cigars then back order, but we all learn uh, because. Uh, some of the people have been in that situation before have made it very clear publicly that, uh, that they made a mistake by releasing cigars when they were not ready. Right. So we want to continue that. And I think by the vast majority, everybody is bringing the cigar to the industry when they're ready, regardless of the demand. We have been able to keep up with the demand as, as much as we can. But I have to tell you, don't feel bad if you go to a cigar store and you don't find your favorite cigar because they're back order, because they have not been able to produce. Because 
We're doing that out of respect to our cigar, to the consumers, and to the store that we're right. going to release it when they're ready to release. Fantastic point. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, for all of us that you know, uh, complain that why can't you get X cigar in? Why I know why is so back ordered and. Uh, yeah, it might be frustrating, but at the end of the day, they're not trying to rush cigars out to just make a dollar. They're making sure they're putting out a damn good product. Absolutely. And that requires having amazing inventory of tobacco, right? Uh, uh, you know, for two or three years like we, like we do, and uh, working with partners that are amazing inventory of tobacco, and we are now working in blends that we're going to release in two to three years from now. So yeah. uh, and that's why the partners that we have chose and the partners that we work with, that's something that we are extremely aware and the necessity to have that inventory of tobacco. Because at the end of the day, you can only keep the blend, right? The same way, the consistency that you yeah. expect if you have those huge inventory of tobacco. And let me tell you, like many things in life, that requires money and resources. That's why working with a big company like that is it's important because you have to have those resources to accumulate those tobacco, to have time to age it and ferment it, and then make those cigars. Yeah. So kind of on continuing this same line, looking at the future of the cigar industry because there are there are a number of talented and dedicated individuals who have entered the cigar uh, uh, business in the last few years and there's also things like uh, regulation and and legal things like that what is your overall feeling about the future of the cigar industry listen I think the cigar industry has a very bright future um we do have however uh, hurdles to deal with which is regulation uh taxation or over taxation or unfair taxation or things like do not smoke or uh, you know restricting where you can smoke and things like that but at the end of the day it comes to the individual looking for cigars and looking for a lifestyle that we we uh, we want uh so the challenge is to uh, teach the regulators, to teach the government, to teach the people that have uh, to make the decision that what we have is, is it's not like cigarette, right? It's not like the mass market product. We are doing a cigar to really enjoy the cigar. The handmade cigar is a work of art. Uh, individuals that just take a tremendous care that so many hands touch the cigar, the leaves before you make the cigar. So our challenge, and there's a challenge, there's no doubt about it, uh, is educating those about what we do. We all have different ways of how to get to where we want to be. But I can tell you everyone on in the industry is very united in teaching uh, these uh, uh, these people that have uh, that can make laws, right? Uh, and show whether it's an amazing taxation. Because, you know, let's be frank, uh, we have been lumped together with uh, cigarettes and some other industry that is, is, is a mass market type of thing. And, and we just have to 
educate. So my word is always educate, educate, and educate about yeah. why a cigar is different than other tobacco products. Yes. That said, you know, so I'm very optimistic, but it requires a lot of education. Yeah, that's that's the best way to put it. It's We can be optimistic and at the same time realize that we have to roll up our sleeves and put in some work on that side of things. Yes. Absolutely. No doubt yeah. about it. I want to chime in on this delicious <laughs> treat that I'm having. And I, I don't know, you guys... So do you ever just look at a cigar and realize how beautiful it is all the and time, realize how many hands that went into making this product, just this one, the, the beautiful leaf, the, the, the perfect construction, the, the outstanding burn, uh, all the care that went into this. Um, sometimes it just, I just look at it and, and, revel in its awesomeness. Gary, when you go to a cigar factory and when you um, uh, get to see uh, the amount of work and labor and love that goes into this, you know, that cigar that you have, the Agent Room Cuatro Nicaragua, again, that was the number one cigar, was rated 96 by Cigar Aficionado. That's a cigar, the tobaccos, the components I have been, I've been visiting those tobacco for nine years before we released a cigar. Uh, we knew what we wanted to do. So there is a lot of work that goes in into making that cigar. And then once you come with a blend, right, the important thing is the consistency, consistency. You know, you always have the people of, you know, hey, I never heard of Aging Room, got the number one, let's do, let's do. But I have to tell you, we have been very pleased because this year, which we got the number one cigar, Ernesto Pérez Carrillo, with an amazing cigar, uh, the place that got the, the number one. Uh, we have been able to uh, continue the demand uh, uh, on that cigar is very high. Um, we perhaps could have sold a lot more, but we wanted to take the time to only be able to make what we thought it was important to make uh and you know that cigar goes from the box that has certain paint orange paint and uh, at the moment of the the at uh, the highs of the of the pandemic we we couldn't find the 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 boxes and we could have painted another color but we listen this is what we have this is what we want to do so there's actually so much work that goes into yep. everything that you see from the label right the label to the box to the cigar um, is uh, if you go to a cigar factory, you, I have to tell you, you will you will think and and, and not one person that visits a cigar uh, factory uh, doesn't think like this. Like we pay way too little for a cigar. <laughs> I have to tell you that. Yeah, because that's absolutely true. So much that goes into to the cigar that. First of all, it's amazing that you can smoke every single cigar because, you know, um, when you light up a cigar and, we, you know, we see the, 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 the comments, oh, well, I had this cigar that is, uh, you know, it didn't burn well and what have you. Um, it, it, is, um, it is a miracle that you can smoke a cigar. And then that every cigar is smoked and tastes the same is uh, it's, uh, it's really short of, uh, of uh, a miracle. That's that's the truth right it there. Is. And so if if we can go back just a little bit and talk about 
talk about when Aging Room uh, came under the under the umbrella of Altidus. Uh Luciano, brother. Luciano, our good friend Luciano. He's, uh, he's making a different on the cigar industry. Thank you for checking in, Luciano. Yeah, I love that guy. When Aging Room came under the umbrella, logistically, what did that look like for Aging Room from your, your factories and your relationships? Now that you're under the umbrella, what changes were, were made? Well, okay, so we changed, we made some changes. And uh, so we, uh, first of all, we had other brands like uh, La Boheme, for example, that was very successful. Uh, we had Oliveros as well. We had Swag, you know, Puro Dominicano. Yeah. And we decided to just focus on the aging room, right? And then we had a, we had a complicated uh, 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 number system, M356, F55, and M21. It, you know, it actually looked like an accounting. Hey, I come from the finance side, so, <laughs> you know, everything had number associated with it. So we made some changes accordingly, right? So we made some changes accordingly. Uh, but in terms of the actual, the actual cigars, basically is to uh, it was the same, making sure that with the new demand, because the company Galagaltadis had reached to um, to stores that we didn't have access uh, before, being a very small company with our own small distribution, um, so it was basically the demand uh, expanded. But uh, we wanted to make sure we have worked with partners like uh, Tabacalera Palma, Eje Fernandez, De Placencia. And um, uh, so we, we were uh, very lucky uh, because the same vision that I have personally in the agent room, working with AJ, where I released the Pelo de Oro before, uh, Pla uh, Placencia with that release, couple of releases before, like uh, the the pura sepa, and then we did the pin number two. So thanks God that we had this amazing portfolio of uh, of tobacco in these families that we were able to. So the only change was uh, the names and and perhaps to make it a little bit more commercially appealing to to understand the the, the different cigars. But at the same time, we narrowed the portfolio to be able to dedicate ourselves to what we're doing and do it good so instead of having four different brands we brought it all in one and that's where we continue to uh, develop so it, it's, it's a learning listen mm -hmm. working with such an amazing company with such an amazing resources of people uh because at the end of the day like i say carlos fuentes say it, it's about the people and um and the people not only the people that smoke the cigar the people that make the cigar but also the people that work day in and day out uh, to bring you all these amazing designs and what have you. And I learned so much. I, I, I've learned um, uh, to, because it's, listen, it's a business, right? We are in a business, you are in a business, the retail is a business, uh, you know, so we need to do it well. We need to focus, we need to have the fundamentals, uh, but there's no change in the uh, cigar. So we couldn't, we couldn't focus in, 10 different blends. Let's focus on the five blends that we wanted to continue growing. And that's what it took. Yeah. And I, I think from my experience, what I've seen is that's been the right strategy. I think it's been successful. 
so I think I think that was a uh, I think that was a smart move and well yes, done. Yes, yes, he was. I mean, tell you, this is uh, uh, Altadis and Tabacalera has some amazing people, uh, uh, very uh, resourceful and 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 very intelligent and very dedicated to to this uh, to this industry. I mean, we don't see them right because uh, you know I'm just a face, right? I'm the one talking to you today, but there's a huge amount of people. Uh, over 400 families in the United States dedicated to this, to, to our work, right? Uh, how we reach the, the consumers, how we reach the stores, how we tell our story. So it's basically changed uh, to focus what we, what we are doing. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. So is it? Oh, is it time? I think it's time. You think it's time? I think it's time. It is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. And as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. De Los Muertos, episode 128. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? All right, you guys, this week, we're we're going back in time a little bit. Gonna go back in time. That's Sorry, right. I couldn't resist. In 1858, 156 people died from this. Not at one time. Throughout the year, 156 people died from this. In 1958. Yes. Sorry, 1858. 1858. 1858. Yep. How many people? 156. And yeah, I'll give hints later. Okay. Let's let's, uh, let's start. So yeah, Raphael, we're going to guess here. We're going to throw out guesses. As always, our viewers can throw guesses into the... uh, into the comments. It is not a disease. Um, it is not a disease. No. Oh, well, hey. before, let, let me say, before you go into that, let me just tell you that you had this uh, advertising of the smoking connoisseur group. Mm-hmm. What an amazing experience. As oh, yeah. I, I was invited in August, we released a cigar. It was, um, it, uh, it was part of the August club. Um, I was so fortunate that we got the number one rating of that four cigars that people get. I was very nervous because, you know, you get a cigar and people get to rate it. And then they say which cigar it was. So we got a number one cigar last month in August. 
what an amazing experience. We have another one coming on December and two more for next year. Guys, that is, you know, they contact you and say, we want to make a special cigar for our club. And right. um, we all bought into the idea because it's innovative, it's different, and it's, you know, something like that. So anyway, so 156 in 1870. 1858. Uh, 1858. 58. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. I will guess that, uh, you know, the chalk with bread. Uh, I don't know. So it's a uh, well, bad politician. Jim is saying, <laughs> bad listen, we, it will take more than 158 people dying. <laughs> I have to say. So I don't think he's a bad politician. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, their wife caught them. Uh, I caught them uh, 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 cheating, you know, uh, uh, or or they got stuck with bread in their, you know, they got. <laughs> yep. Nope. None of that. So uh, were these were these hundred and fifty six deaths all in the United States? Yes. Oh my God. Eighteen fifty eight. What happened in eighteen fifty eight? Hundred and fifty a in 1858 wow um was it a fire maybe the car was coming at the car no the car didn't come until 1900 right Uh, yeah i believe so uh so matt fire is involved fire is involved oh oh struck by lightning no no she's i did that um lighting up a cigar (laughs) 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 no Wow, good, good to know, eh? By the way, good to fire, know. Fire is involved. That wasn't. Yeah. I see. I'm. Mm. We can laugh because it's so long ago, right? So, oh yeah, it wouldn't be politically correct. <laughs> so long that we can laugh. <laughs> it is. It is not a horse carriage. <laughs> uh, it is not lighting flatulence. I'm Jim. gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. I give up. Um, Matt. So, Fire is involved. Was it? Um, so this is just before the Civil War. Yep. Is this uh, some type of munitions factory? No. Fireworks. So fireworks. No nope. fireworks. That's, That's a good that guess. was a good guess. Um, <laughs> fire was involved. Fashion. Fashion and fireworks. Wow. I mean, fashion and fire. Wow. So fashion. Think fashion. A textile plant? Nope. Because hmm. this, remember, this uh, happened all year long. It's not a single event. Oh, so it's not a single event. Yep. Wow. So it has to be, is fashion, it has to be with women? Mostly? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yes, uh-huh. absolutely. Okay. It is women. Okay. okay. It women's, women's. Uh, uh, what is the the thing that goes that used to go under their big dresses, catching on fire? Ooh. Uh, yes. We have something there. It so it, it's called yes. It, it it was the hoop skirt. Um, yeah. The original hoop skirt. So that hoop was uh fastened so tight and and the uh they didn't use boning how we use today they actually used wood or wicker in these hoop skirts and once they caught on fire there 
was almost zero chance of stopping it of stopping it and um and so many many cities outlawed hoop skirts oh wow for a time uh because when you know women would go walking past the fireplace or this was the time of you know um candles that were used to to light the home and and such and a candle would fall on the floor and well and you also think about back in those times the if if anybody was involved in any kind of entertainment if on stage the way they lit the stage was with with candles uh yeah burning along the front of the uh of the stage and yeah those things were not super safe back then wow so so in 19 or sorry in 1858 156 women died from their hoop skirts catching on fire correct wow well, I have to tell you, I've been on so many shows, and I never, never, ever uh, seen this type of thing. That's fantastic. I have no idea who kept record of this, right? So it's great. This, this guy finds the most obscure stories out there to put on this segment every week. I love it. So that's the number. How you call the segment? Uh, numero well, it, de los it's our bad Spanish, Numero de los Muertos. Ah, it's, I love it. Numeros. Oh. I, actually, your 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 just the pronunciation is is pretty sexy. Very nice. Ooh. I'm working on it. I'm working. Yeah, on it. Very nice. <laughs> that was Very a great one, Garrett. Um, I do like Stewart's uh, guess, though. Spontaneous combustion. Yeah, that's a rare one. That's a rare one. Yeah, it is. And actually, I I have time and time again tried to look and find good data yeah and i won't so everybody's watching i will not do a numero de los muertos without good solid data yeah and i i can't hear the term spontaneous combustion without thinking of the movie spinal tap (laughs) (laughs) because they always they had so many drummers in the band that died and one of them they said died from spontaneous Spontaneous combustion combustion, where it was just a little stain left on the drum chair (laughs) I just love that. I can't I can't not think about that. Love so it. That was this week's Numero de los Muertos. All right. Rafael, let's move into a lightning round. This these are completely non-cigar related questions that are just for fun. So um if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes. Who would it be and why? Very simple. Churchill. I love the guy. I love what he represented at the time. I love him involvement with the cigar industry because we, we have a size called Churchill. Um, I would love to, you know, but these movies uh, that have come later on, every time I go to London, uh, I, I go and see him and I, I've seen the desk that he worked with and things like that. I would love to hear some of his uh, uh, thoughts, absolutely. I think that's great, but I'm going to ask you for one living person. Oh, wow. Well, without <laughs> politics, without getting to politics, I would love to hear a couple of people that are in politics to see what the heck do they have inside. But besides that, no, it has to be... Uh, so probably a musician, and and mm-hmm. and, and uh, so for me it's probably it's probably a, it was a Rob Stewart or uh, 
some, you know, what are the heck are they thinking? Uh, yeah. Especially when they are about to perform or start performing, I would love to 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 um, to to listen to the thought, right? So yeah. what you know, it always fascinates me. You know, these people that have such a trajectory, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and they've done it many many times. These live performances, but what you know, Rob Stewart, what what is he thinking when he's going to perform in front of so many people? And it's something like a holy shit, I have to do this again? Uh, or, uh, you know, uh, let's see what a, you know, what lady I can get. I don't know. I would love to hear the thought. Yeah. Well, and Luciano is, is just chiming in with a comment uh, that you're also a musician. So Luciano, at the, at the PCA trade show uh, in Las Vegas in July, we spent some time uh, with Luciano, um, uh, uh, quite a bit of time actually, but one night specifically at the, um, uh, at the, the media compound that, uh, that Will Cooper and the guys, uh, have their house there. And we spent some great evening of conversation and come to learn that. So, so I also am, am a musician, uh, there you go. I've been my whole life and, and found that Luciano was as well. Uh, so, so I love learning those things that we have in common. Uh, and, and it's another great thing to also know that there are, there's an incredible amount of people with musical talent in the cigar business. And listening Absolutely. to these guys sing was incredible. They no both were, Yes. Yep. And Matt's memory of uh, what an old Argentinian. No, uh, uh, Brazilian. Brazilian. Old Brazilian. So Luciano, Luciano and I sat and, and sang some old uh, uh Brazilian Portuguese jazz together. You know, the old no. uh, Roberto and... Yeah. So, well, first of all, I have not never ever been invited to the to to Will's uh, media. <laughs> oh, so I no, have to say that never, never ever. I Coop seen the just picture. Got called out. I seen the picture, right? But I I never been invited. So just to be there, I would have loved to be there. And then to li- to to listening to you and Luciano sing together. Oh my God! What an amazing experience that must have been. It was a great night. It was well, a great night. Hopefully next year, if uh, you know, we won't go there right now. But yeah, <laughs> well, I'm doing Will's. Uh, Will's, uh, I think it's on uh, November 11. So I'm gonna be in the it with Will Coop. Will, if you're listening, uh, if you're watching. Um, I never been invited, and I feel kind of left <laughs> out. You know, only the cool people, only the cool people are invited there, and I feel kind of left out. So, uh, so please, you know, uh, vote for me next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this next question actually is kind of it kind of goes along that same music yeah. line, in and that is, if you were about to get into a fight what would your soundtrack music be? Oh, that's very easy. Rocky. <laughs> that's the sound, <laughs> the sound of Rocky. I love the music. So active, right? Uh, and, and, you know, when he's walking the stairs, right? Uh, you, you know, it's uh, absolutely, it's bumpy. As a matter of fact, a little secret, sometimes in the morning, I put the, the music to get me going in the morning, right? Sometimes I feel like I, I'm going to uh, ready for the fight. So that will be my soundtrack. Yeah. Rock. 
So we just, we, we have, Will Cooper says we will rectify that. So you just got an invite. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'll take, Will, I'll take a bottle of rum. I promise, you know. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Raphael, choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. You could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie, or you could score a goal in a soccer game as the goalie. Uh, for me, it's a, a soccer game, right? So we call it football in Spanish. Yep. Uh, yeah. You know, these people <laughs> spend the whole the whole uh, game running, right? Uh, I think they lose between 10 and 15 pounds every oh every, every game, which is an amazing thing. Um, you know, I love all sport. I don't practice any, as you can see, my physics. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that, that tells you maybe chess. I play chess from time to time. I'm not sure if you can yeah. consider that a sport, but that's a closer, the closer I can be. But, you know, the soccer, man. I, I watch these people in the stadiums. I have the... Amazing opportunity to see the Real Madrid and the and the uh, uh, some of the 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 games and uh, it is it is an amazing thing that's for sure and you see all these yeah. people and they only by the way they only have two or three a game right so one means a lot yeah. uh, you have a plus it's only one point when you do the touchdown it's uh, you know six or seven points so yeah I'll go for the soccer absolutely. Yeah. I watch a lot of sports. That's how I got to look like this. <laughs> Good from, for from, you. Good from for sitting you. In, from sitting no and eating pizza and watching sports. Well, I, had it, <laughs> I had it on my list to ask you about chess because I am a chess player as well. Uh, and one of my questions was going to be, did you ever really study chess or did you have a favorite grandmaster? Yeah, we have in Cuba. Uh, Papa Blanca? Exactly. Exactly. And by the way, he had a couple of moves that are very well known in the, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not sure now if it's three or four movement. Um, yeah, but in Cuba, you know, in Cuba, uh, uh, chess was very important, right? And uh, so I did, I did, I did, I think I did judo, judo, I did boxing and uh, I did volleyball and uh, chess was the, the most uh, successful one that I was in a couple of competition. Um, um, you know, there's uh, sometimes when you play blinds against more than one person, sometimes five mm -hmm. or ten people, yep. and you're able to do this. I have to tell you, it's uh, it's an amazing thing for mm -hmm. to be ready. Uh, 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 um, you know, have the the brains to keep to keep the track of all these things. Uh, yeah, I love chess. I studied since I since I was very little. Uh, you know, I would say nerd, right? So right now, I will be a nerd in the United States. That's what it's called, a nurse. I have, I, listen to me, I play violin since I was six and I play chess, you know. Uh, <laughs> you cannot get more nerd. And I use glasses, right? So I mean, tell you, uh, most have been, you know, uh, obviously there were different times, but uh, the word gate, I think, was very, very, uh, very known at the time. So oh, this must be gay, you know, playing violin <laughs> and playing chess, you know, it's, uh, you know, so anyway, so this, I'm sure it's not politically correct. And, uh, but, um, but yeah, chess, I love it. And I did, I did practice and uh, 
Casablanca. This we have an amazing chess uh, in Cuba. They, they it was something that a lot of kids uh, study. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jose Raul Capablanca was uh, the first uh, North American world champion of chess, and really after his time, uh, Russia held that title for um, almost a hundred years. Um, and so, uh, it was great to have that come back to the United States for a short time with Bobby Fisher, but he went crazy. (laughs) And one of the story is Raphael, I hope to play chess with you sometime. I would love it. You know, I, like many things in life, which I don't, uh, I don't do more, uh, uh, these days that I will, I wish I can do more is chess and, um, and you know, my music, which sometimes is, uh, I don't have the time to do it, but it's something that I really enjoy. And if you ever stress out, if you ever want to disconnect mm-hmm. this world, uh, either play the music or play chess, it's, it's just, it's just takes you out of this world. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and the incredible thing about, ch- and I'm sorry to nerd out on chess here, um, but uh, I grew up, um, with ADHD and chess was one of the only things help you focus that, that helped me focus. I could sit at a chessboard and study and look, but if you were to give me a book at that time as a kid, I would have to reread several pages to comprehend and learn, but I could sit at a chessboard and, um, and, and focus. It taught me a lot about life and kind of overcoming that. That piece so oh absolutely and that's what music and chess did to me when i was very little and uh so uh, you know i think from the chess what i learned right and you know i don't mean to bore everybody with chess but uh what i learned from chess and also from music but especially from chess is not to give up right not to give up and uh and, you know, it, it come very handy in my life later on yeah, because I saw the situation that you look at the at the we call it in Spanish tablero. I don't need the, the board when you look at the board and you 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 know you you're um, you're pretty uh, uh, in difficult position. Then you have to look beyond that, and you yep. need to continue acting and and continue playing and and think two or three steps uh, ahead of time and. Uh, and and that what it helps me a lot not to give up, not to give up, uh, yep. and and just be better and better and and you know. So for me, it was a great uh, foundation for life, if you can say it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, let's mm-hmm. uh, let's do this week's uh, notable smokable, and as always, notable smokable on how about that cigar live is brought to you by Ace Prime Notable Cigars. Notable passion, notable purpose. So, Rafael, we talked a little bit about this before we went live. Each week, we name a cigar that's notable to us. Uh, could be something from our own brand. It could be something that's been on the market for years that we just smoked for the first time in a long time. Or it could be something brand new that we've never tried before. Uh, is there something notable that you've had a chance to smoke recently that caught your interest? Listen, I smoke a lot of cigars that are not from our portfolio. Um most of the cigars that I'm smoking these days are cigars that are going to be out uh, later on, two or three years ahead of time. Uh, so, uh, but the other day, um, you know, I I am fascinated by Perdomo and the things that he's doing, and uh, he put out a cigar which 
Cigar Journal put it the best cigar, the best cigar brand in the in, from Nicaragua, which is, I believe is the 20th anniversary. Um, the, the blue label and uh, I that had it. I think it was the day before yesterday, so it was uh, Saturday. Um, uh, I got vaccinated on the third shot um, uh, on Saturday afternoon. And Saturday morning, right before I, my last cigar that I smoked, right before that uh, shot uh, was knowing that I was going to sick, get sick, which I did, um, uh, I smoked that cigar. I think it's the Perdomo, the Perdomo, um, I don't forget the name, it's a blue label. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, let me tell you. The 10th anniversary. 10th, 10th anniversary. Intro. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, and let me tell you the Maduro, right? So the blue one, yeah, um, yeah. very more, uh, very unbelievable cigar. Nick is, mm-hmm. is doing amazing things, and that was a fantastic, uh, fantastic cigar. And you know, now that you mentioned uh, Will, and it comes from the Perdomo Studios and things like that. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I had that cigar on Saturday, which I had it for 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 some time not being able to smoke it yet and saturday i say i'm gonna this is gonna be the last cigar and i'm glad that i picked that cigar for the last one on saturday afternoon because that was an amazing cigar memorable very nice garrett what was your notable this week um well last night we uh i smoked a opus x 20 year uh in remembrance of uh, our friend tim who Mm -hmm. passed so that was my notable for this week. Was also the blue one. Does that the blue one as well? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a excellent no. Oh, yeah. Um, and my uh, and, and Garrett was kind enough to give me one of those as well last night as we uh, enjoyed those thinking about our friend Tim. But uh, the one that I put on my list this week was uh, from J.C. Newman, uh, and it's the Yagua which is a very, if you haven't heard of it, uh, for, for our viewers and listeners, it's an interesting cigar that's not put in molds. So the, the shapes uh, are, are a little unconventional and, and uh, you know, not, not super consistent. But I got to be honest, I smoked one of those a couple of days ago and was very, very surprised by, yeah, Garrett's holding one of those up right now. Uh, and it's, it's got some, some nice flavor to it. And Garrett actually smoked one before we went live just now. Uh, so a very interesting cigar. They definitely, when you look at these cigars in the shop for our viewers and listeners, if you find them in a shop, don't be concerned that they, they look a little bit uneven and and in the press and the shape, because that's the way they're made. They're they're, there. It's on purpose. They're not made to be molded or anything like that. So very interesting, uh, cigar. It is, it is very good cigar. I had it last, um, was the last. See, uh, the last uh, Nicaraguan cigar festival at uh, the mm-hmm. night it uh, that we had a dinner at the the Newman factory. They gave that cigar, and I took it with me. I didn't smoke it because you know I've been smoking so many cigars, and I brought it to Miami, and I had it like a few months later. <laughs> Very good cigar, and you know at, without the mold, that's the way you know they used to make cigars yeah. back then at the beginning uh, because there were no. The, the no form of molds at the time. So they just roll it. They put some tiny newspapers and, and they did all these things. In this case, they make the Yawa, which is um, which is what they use for and very, very good cigar. So you're right. Don't don't be discouraged by the by the the look. Yeah. Uh, 
just try the cigar. Very, very good. At least the one that I had five or six months after the festival, it was a very, very good cigar. Yeah. So that was this week's Notable Smokables brought to you by Ace Prime. Improving lives through fine cigars. Visit aceprime.com to learn more. And I have to put this comment up here on because Luciano was kind enough to. So he says... Nodal and I played the same piano, a piano that Nat King Cole also played. I was at this event at the Riverman Cigar Lounge last week, and the owner said, only you and Nodal have played this piano. Very old, dusty piano in this cozy, small cigar lounge they inherited in St. Louis. What a, f- I mean, what, what a, it, it's, I, it's just like an honor to, it's like, it's like a trumpet player playing a trumpet that was owned by Miles Davis or, or, or a, a violinist playing uh, you know, playing the Stradivarius that, you know, played by Itzhak Perlman. It's in- incredible. Oh, I didn't know Luciano had played that piano. So, yes, I went there and I did a cigar event and the idea was they had a piano. And so I went and uh, they showed me the piano and you're right, it's a very old piano. It's an old piece, you know, in the back, uh, Luciano, you have the logo of the cigar store. So I did an event. I went a little bit earlier uh, I just flew in for the for the event and and I went there and uh, so he, they showed me the piano uh, and and no one showed up for the for the for the event right they told me start at seven I show up a little bit start playing the piano I said well listen if no one comes in I I will have fun playing the piano and I start playing the piano I forgot about everything and all of a sudden when I look. The store was full of people, and I was playing the cigar. I uh, played the piano. I was just on my own, just having fun. And uh, when I stopped, people were clapping. Where did all these people come from? <laughs> so, uh, so I ended up that the, the, you know a lot of people came to the event. It was an amazing night. And uh, you're right, there's not a lot of cigar store with piano. And that one, I I had it. You know, I didn't know Luciano had played that. That was an amazing evening uh, that I had. Yeah, very good, very good. Yes. That's fantastic. I love it. So uh, to give our viewers and listeners uh, an idea of some cool stuff we have coming up soon. So this next Monday on October 4th, we're actually going to be live from Big Apple Cigar and Pipe in Forest Lake, Minnesota. And we're going to be doing a a show type that we haven't done before. We're actually going to be reviewing a cigar live on the air and and talking to Eric, who's the owner there and, and, and talking about some other industry related things going on right now. Um, And then on October 11th, we have Justo Aroa from JRE Tobacco. On the 18th of October, we have Dan Thompson from McAuliffe Cigars. And then closing out the month of October, we have Steve Saka from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Um, So, Rafael, give our viewers and listeners an idea. Where is the best place for them to keep up with everything you guys have going on right now? Absolutely. First of all, let me say you have a spectacular lineup, right, of of guests, right? Uh, Iroa, which is a great guy, great family. My my wife, uh, uncle, worked with Iroas for 20 years in Honduras. What an amazing. I just spent some time with him in New Hampshire. Uh, we don't get to spend so much time uh, this, this since we don't travel. Uh, we're starting to travel again. And then Steve Saka, you, 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 you guys have an amazing lineup. So fantastic. Great for you. Listen, you can check altis.com, uh, A-L-T-I-S.com. Uh, you can follow me in Rafael Nodal, R-A-F-A-E-L, 
Nadal, not to be confused with Rafael Nadal, which is a sexy millionaire that plays, you know, uh, plays so, a little uh, bit of tennis. Plays a little bit tennis, and uh, you can check me out, Rafael Nadal, uh, in Facebook or Instagram. Uh, and uh, we have some fantastic channels. So we have in, in uh, Instagram, we have Monte Cristo uh, underscore USA, Roman Juliet underscore USA, the Cigar Cigar Life, and Aging Room uh, as well. Aging Room Cigars in uh, both on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Very nice. Fantastic. Well, Rafael, we, we just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It was an absolute joy having you on our show tonight. So thanks so much for spending a couple hours with us tonight. Thank you, guys. For me, it has been a pleasure. Uh, man and Gary, thank you for the opportunity. I love always when uh, people like you uh, let us talk about the passion that we have. You guys, the listeners, and the um, watching this are the reason that we do everything uh, we do. And uh, it's, it's, it's an honor to be here and to, to give us the opportunity to talk about things that we love and we have the passion for. So thank you very much for having me here. Amen. Thank you. So uh, it's been a great show. As always, for our viewers and listeners, uh, make sure to continue following us on all the audio podcast channels. Um, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, and also subscribe to us on the Facebook page as well. You can like the page, make sure to follow the page so you never miss any time that we go live. Uh, follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. If you guys have questions for Garrett or myself, you can email us directly on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. And of course, as always, burn cigars, not bridges. See you guys. Thanks, everybody.